Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Yeah, I'm good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. Brought to you by Extend Technologies. We got Jim Florentine joining us here in a bit. Did you see the Newark movie yet or no? No. Are you going to? Yeah, I'm, I'm eventually. What's it on, like HBO Max? Yeah. I got to like get like eight different passwords to go get it. I don't want to do it. Andy looks funny. He looks like he's about to tell me the specials today. Uh, Jim Florentine and Urban Meyer. You look like you like you should be wearing a vest. Urban Meyer is going to be on the podcast. I think he's got some other things he's got to no. deal with right now. That's interesting. I gotta go. He might. Oh, be, there he goes. He might be free. There he goes. Hey, I want to bring this up to you. So I didn't realize I hate anniversary radio. Like, oh, today's the day on this date, and da 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 da. And I know you do too. I did think we missed an opportunity today. I didn't realize today, on this day, 23 years ago, was the uh, day that Stone Cold Steve Austin hit Vince McMahon with the bedpan in the hospital. Yeah, it's one of the the classics. They always show it on the internet. It's always, like, meme-worthy, GIF-worthy. I was 12 years old. I saw this live. Mm. Uh, I think, and it's just so great. Doctor, what do you think? Oh, I'll take it from here, nurse. Away <laughs> yeah. he goes. It's so good. It's so good. And Vince McMahon is in those like tidy whities, but it's all like bandaged up. It looks ridiculous, and he gets hit over the head with a bedpan and knocked out. And it, it it dawned on me here for a second. We just got done watching that video together. I've been very critical of now. I don't watch a lot of pro wrestling anymore. I know that you you turned it on in the background just to mess with Sarah a couple days ago. Uh, I've been pretty critical of pro wrestling lately in in modern wrestling. I think maybe I'm a little bit too critical because I'm like, okay, like you watch, if you watch like old Georgia Championship or du- like way long ago WCW or um, or Mid South or Mid Atlantic or something like that, like you're gonna see some great stuff, some great stuff, and like wild eyed people who are really really like you believe it. That's great. But if you see that where it's Mick Foley shows up and he's got this clown and it's like it's actually for wrestling it's very well acted by Vince McMahon and everything like that like what is going to top that? Well, they had comedy writers. What is going to They have they've, comedy writers now and it's terrible. They've always had they've always had comedy writers. Now they kind of pluck some writers from like month to month that have always but, been yeah, wrestling but fans. The, but the wrestlers, the wrestlers will tell you like the, I, I think Stone Cold would probably be telling you like, even then, I don't know if they had like, like there were a few TV writers and I'm, th- I think, I don't think they had comedy writers. I think okay. they just were like, the, the audience is going to think this is great. And the audience thought it, I was the audience. I was 12 years old. You were 17. Such a big difference right there for us. 
Uh, I thought this was great. I mean, and it's the owner of the company. Oh, God. That's what's so great is how many owners exactly. like like Roger Goodell. If you've noticed, and he's not the owner, but he he basically is paid. He's seen as that way. He's yeah. seen as the boss. He is somebody who finally the last few years is like, yeah, yeah, make Boom fun me. of me. Yeah. Like like he finally realized we could do something with this, and it doesn't work to the extent like that Vince it does. McMahon, like leading them in sympathy symphony with the a hole chant. Yeah, like, yeah, conducting the orchestra. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for that. It shows a little bit of an awareness, and also shows you can poke fun at yourself. That's always good stuff, and that's what always made him so unique because you knew and you've heard wrestlers talk about they all say he's great behind the scenes they also said he's terrible to work for (laughs) it's everything he's unbelievably brilliant innovative uh incredibly smart can be charming also tough to work for (laughs) yeah makes sense right Mm -hmm. somebody who's got their their death grip on that business and won't let it go and maybe he has in recent years to triple h a little bit but he's one of the most fascinating Fascinating well, characters of our lifetime. Do you, do you, I'll never forget the interview with Bob Costas. It looked like he was going to strangle Bob I Costas. Thought, I thought he was really nah, – it was probably he was overacting. I thought that was supposed to be, like, genuine. Maybe I'm getting worked into a shoot. It was because it was on NBC. Yeah. What do you and, mean? What do you mean it looked like it was going to be genuine? Well, well, that's what I mean. Like, I know that he wasn't trying to – I know he lost his cool, but I knew he wasn't going to hit Bob Costas right. or well, anything like that. It was close. But I do think this, as the story goes, you, you listen to different people, so you, you hear different truths. Like, wasn't that, wasn't he led to believe like that was going to be like a softball interview yes. because of his relationship with, with um, 100%. Dick Ebersole yeah, and everything? Yeah, NBC. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Bob Costas just comes out swinging, and it's like, whoa, like that type of thing. Um, you know, this is the reason I, I, I like wrestling because it's it's fun. Um, I like it because it's something that you and I both liked as children and at different times because, again, you're five years older than me. So, you know, 17-year-old Anthony with a part-time job, high school, looking at college prospects, driving is a lot different from 12-year-old Kenny who is about to be a drug mule for a, for a summer and, you know, doesn't know – and just, dri- <laughs> just riding around on his bike with his buddies trying it's, to see uh, girls. The duffel bag days. Yeah. Like that type of thing, it's just such a difference there. And I just, I remember, I remember being in my room and I had that little 13 inch TV and watching wrestling and all that stuff. And then going off to middle school the next day and talking with my other buddies, my other, you know, dumbass friends about wrestling and all that stuff. I just thought it was, it's fun. It's fun. And I think that now, like, there's always going to be an appreciation with Vince McMahon. I've hear, I'm hearing great things about AEW, though. Because I told you I checked out, like when they brought that guy with the pizza cutter out, I'm like, I'm not watching this garbage. I'm not, we're not doing it. Throwing each other into light poles and ripping each other open. We're not doing this. I, I was like, I got other things. Yeah, I they took watch. it to the next level. Because, like, you know, we have to watch so much sports. I will, I can't sit, I'm not going to sit there like on a Wednesday night, Indians or wrestling. I know there's another Indians game on Thursday, but it's like, eh, I really owe it to myself to watch the Indians, not wrestling. Football, if there's Maction. Wednesday night, wrestling or football. I mean, I don't even gamble, but it's like, eh, I'm interested in OU. Right, right. That type of thing, because it's football, and it's like, how much football? Like, I'm always like, I'll get wrestling during the winter. Uh, football is only for a certain period of time. And then winter comes around, I'm like, ah, oh, Cavs are playing. That type of thing. So it, it, it becomes a little bit difficult, because it's like, I, I feel guilty if I have it. Like, there's times where you can't watch every basketball game. You can't watch every baseball game. But if you can, you should, for me, anyway. So there's times where I can't, but if I can and I, and I just purposefully pick something else, I can't do it. Like, I did. I, like, even though, like, Wednesday nights, like, many, the Indians now Guardian season just ended. And people go, you're really watching the Indians game while you're doing that show? I'm like, yeah, I have to. I, I might see something that's an observation. Who knows what's going to happen? It is a pro sport here in Cleveland. I know the season has been over for a month. But it's still a pro sport that we have to watch in Cleveland. But I'm hearing some great things about AEW, man. Hearing they're doing some good stuff kids, down there. I, I think if I had kids old enough, I'd, I'd be watching it with them. I have kids old enough, and we're not. Eh. Eh. Not there? No, he does like, and I, it's been a while because they switched all their stuff to Peacock. So I, it's been hard to find, but people tell me like, oh, Mid-South is on there, Ken. You should watch it. Um, He would watch a lot of Mid-South with me, and he kind of dug it. 
it was okay, but because they're they're crazy, so they're adults, and he believes them. And then he loves the Undertaker. He doesn't realize the Undertaker is pushing sixty and no longer really wrestling. And I tried to show him a little bit of Raw, and not interested. Come on, I do. I think I, I was swear instantly to God. into it when I was a kid. But, the, but there, I think it bothers me, and I think it bothers him, and it's harder for him to follow along. The constant camera switching. He is not down with, but I showed him AEW. I showed him AEW last winter, and he was like, nah. he started playing on his iPad. wasn't really into it. So I, you know, I, was I, it that just there was nothing else to do? So that's why we watch things like wrestling. Well, I think that there was no because before I had no. my first game console. Before I had Nintendo. No, no, no. But I'm saying um, I watched football, but the first thing I watched was wrestling. Wrestling was the very first thing. I watched it like basically when I started watching baseball, I was watching wrestling. It was yeah, right away. But there was less wrestling. I think part of it is that we are we're really saturated with wrestling every week. Like you know, I do pay attention to some of the podcasts and stuff, and we're friends with Vic, so yeah, we do follow the business a little bit because Vic's in the business, literally in the business. You got from my memory, wrestling for three hours on Monday, wrestling for two hours on Tuesday. <sighs> Wrestling for two hours on Wednesday. I don't think there's any wrestling on Thursday. On Friday now, remember, you have two hours of WWE wrestling, and then you have AEW for another two hours until like midnight. That is a lot of wrestling. Mm. I mean, I like wrestling, and I like old-style wrestling. I'm not obsessed. I'm not Brian Last. I'm not one of the, I can't. I can't do it. I, got, I mean, for Friday night, I do, we do high school football. And then college football's on Saturday. And then there's still, now there's college football on Sunday. Like, I was watching Iowa-Maryland. I was not watching wrestling. And I was on a station carrying the wrestling. I'm on a Fox affiliate. And I'm not, I'm like, eh, let's, let's see if we can see some of this Iowa game. Like, that's, that's what I'm doing. So, I don't know. That's kind of the way I feel about it. But I, I, I kind of want to, I kind of want to check out what AEW is doing now. Because I listen to a lot of the podcasts. You know, I listen to Jim Cornette. And I listen to uh, Bruce Pritchard. And Jr. Who else? Oh, I listen to the Arn Show. I love Arn Anderson. You listen podcast. to the Shockmaster podcast? Uh, no. Okay. You we should. should call this the Shockmaster podcast. Did you Did you get the text here? Are we ready? It says, "Are you ready for Jim?" Oh, we're, oh yeah. Go ahead and call. Him. So we're gonna have Jim Florentine on. Hey, it's a podcast. Who cares? Right? We're gonna have Jim Florentine on, and Jim Florentine, well, basically stealing him as a guest because he always used to go on. With Bull and Fox. Yeah. And he would come in studio with Don Jameson. And he would always... The great thing, Florentine used to do all these phone gags. Uh, it's kind of how he got famous. You remember Crank Yankers? He was one of the original Crank Yanker voices. Yeah. But they all stemmed from when he was really bored back in the day just doing phone gags, which you can't do now. Mm-hmm. Can't You can't tape phone calls. In most states, it's completely illegal to do any of those phone gags. Like anytime you would hear, oh, it's it's uh, well, I can't use his name. It's not a different network, whatever. But it was eh, Blake and Blake in the morning, and we're doing our phone tap for the day. And then what people didn't realize is it all sounded too good to be true. It was all too good to be true. It was all fake. All of those were recorded with well, actors. They were actors. Yeah, they were complete actors, and they would make it seem like somebody just found out such and such was cheating. People still get fooled by that, by the way. I know. I, 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 I told Liz. Liz was listening. to. I'm not going to mention a morning show. She was listening one day. This is before I started working with you. And she's like, oh, my God, it's crazy. I'm like, oh. And she's like, you don't care? I'm like, no. She's like, why? I'm like, no reason. She goes, what? Tell me. I'm like, that's all fake. She goes, what? Yeah, the whole thing's fake. I go, it's all. I go, what's what? It's like a national show. And I go, that's staged, Liz. And, and furthermore. You can tell now that we've been in the business, we can tell how something naturally flows yeah. or something was a complete plant and something was a plant. And I've heard hosts like pretend not to know something. And then halfway through the interview, the host knows something that tells me that it was produced at a time. But, but, but the problem with that is that we get accused often of planting calls, which we've we never do. done. We've never done it. We've never done it. Never. Have we? 
we might have told like Keith. Like, does it count if we tell Keith or Bull or Dustin or somebody no, to call in? No, I don't think that counts. Okay, then no, we've never. But like, it's never like here's Ron and Aurora. Like, no, that's mm-hmm. it's if it's Ron and Aurora. There's a guy named Ron who calls himself Ron who's calling from a place he calls Aurora. Yes, it's never a plant. But go ahead and bring him on. All right, it's a privilege, an honor to bring in Jim Florentine. Uh, with us. Jim, do you remember the days on national radio shows where they would do these things called phone taps? And I, I was talking to our audience about how you were the master of phone gags when it was legal, but now you can't really tape phone calls. So anytime anyone hears somebody caught cheating and it's on the phone or whatever, they're all fake. They're all actors. Well, that's what regular radio, you could still do calls. I mean, we still do crank anchors and, um, you know, it, it depends what state you're in. You know, regular radio said you're not allowed to, you have to let a person know if you're pranking them. You have to let them know beforehand. Which kills the whole thing. I, it, just, it just tells you that, you know, you're just messing with stupid people at that point. Anybody yeah, that finds you know, that yeah, really all entertaining. Them, right. All the, all the, you know, regular radio uh, prank calls are all scripted. Absolutely. They're not allowed to do them. But, I mean, as far as you do them in your personal life, you're allowed to. As long as you're in a state where it's like one party consent, one person knows that they're being recorded. All right, I, I want to cut to it immediately because I know you're a Miami Dolphins fan and you've been a Miami Dolphins fan for a long time, correct? Yep. Correct? Okay. But you had to be paying attention to Jacksonville Jaguars when they, when they hired Urban Meyer and they draft Trevor Lawrence and they bring in Tim Tebow and four weeks in, there are rumors that he might be fired. He could get fired today. Uh, just rumors. Mike Lombardi put out a tweet for those that don't know. He said there are big time meetings behind the scenes going on. What did you think when you saw the videos, all, all 10 of them, of Urban Meyer and what looks to be uh, younger co-eds? Well, first of all, good for him. <laughs> you know. But second of all, the guy's got to know. It's like if you're at some party where there's a bunch of people and whatever, you're hanging out and you're married, you probably tell people don't take any video, no pictures, no nothing. That's a dumb move by him. He's making over twelve million a year. He's talking to his team about discipline. Serious? It's twelve. You know, it's been thrown out. Nobody knows. No one knows specifically what he makes. But they begged him. They begged him to come out of retirement and coach their team. And you know, he's one of these guys that's always talking about don't make stupid mistakes. All these coaches do now. They they basically school these players on social media, and then he's out. Didn't go home with his team. His team is going back to Jacksonville. He's in Cincinnati, drives up to Columbus, says he's going to see his grandkids. Might be seeing his grandkids' friends. That, that might be who he's seen in the bar. I mean, I can't believe he was that stupid. I can't believe it. Look, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, you know, it's not like he, you know, uh, raped some girl or whatever. He was hanging out at a bar. Some girls want to take pictures with him. He's drinking. It, you know, the Jaguars had – it was a Thursday night game, so they weren't going to be back in the building probably till Monday. So he doesn't need to go back on the plane with them. They're going to be off Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't think it's that big of a deal. What made you a Dolphins fan? Uh, when I was younger, my uncle got me into them, and it's been years and years of misery. And it looks like everything's collapsing right now with the team. Did you wake up in a bad mood today because Tua Tungavailoa was taken instead of Justin Herbert? Uh, look, you got to wait. Uh, Bill Parcells always said give the quarterback 25 games before you make a decision. Is he going to be able to play 25 games, or is he just going to be hurt? Uh, that's the thing. I mean, I saw him on the sideline the other day, Sunday, because, you know, he's out. And my, my son's 11. He has bigger arms than Tua. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, man, it's, I, look, I, coming into the draft, I don't know too much about college football, but I just know, like Justin Herbert, a lot of experts said he's going to be like another Ryan Tannehill. And then two was either going to be a superstar or a bust. I said, you know what? Give me the superstar or a bust. I had Tannehill for seven years. He's just good, but he's not great. He's never going to bring you to a, to a, you know, a Super Bowl. He's never going to win you one. He, cho- he can't come from behind. He chokes. He has no pocket presence. I like the guy, but he's not that good. So I said, give me Tua, and we'll know in two years if he's a bust. And right now it's not looking good, but we'll still give him time. they got a terrible offensive line, terrible offensive coordinators and everything else. So. Do you, do you like the way you, you're a huge NFL fan? You would come up here uh, when you would have a show up in Northeast Ohio, and I, I should plug you're going to be at the Funny Stop what this weekend in Cuyahoga Falls. Yeah, is that it? 
Um, you've got a bunch of shows. I know that, uh, Jim, you'd come up here and watch football. And you would hang out at the bars. You'd hang out with, you know, basically people that would either listen to you on Howard or whatever, people that would come see you at the shows. And you would just sit there for eight hours, watch football all day. Do you notice how much the game has already changed in, like, just the last five years? Now it's all about having mobile quarterbacks. You can't – no. it seems like defenses just – you can't have a great defense all year. You're going to get – you're going to get exposed at times. Teams are moving the ball up and down the field. You could argue it's never been easier to complete a pass in the NFL. Do you like the way the game is right now? Um, I, you know, I don't mind it right now, but I just know if you throw the ball deep, you got like a 50% chance of getting a pass interference. I don't know why teams don't do that more often. You know, um, it, it is, it is pretty, I mean, you can't, Every guy's running. I mean, Lamar Jackson, Miami was going to think about getting him, and they go, the guy's going to get hit one day, and he's going to break down, and then he's never going to be good again. So he can't run that much. Meanwhile, he's, what, year four into his career, and the guy's a superstar. Yeah. So it's just a matter of how you're going to take the hits. I'd take him on my team any day at this point. Um, I don't mind it that much. The new taunting thing is ridiculous, though. The new taunting penalties. They had one last, last night, which was a joke. You know, they're all about don't taunt in front of the players, but if the defense picks off a pass, the whole defense runs down to the end zone and, and poses and does a dance. So is that not taunting? You know, uh, they, they allow a touchdown, it. Yeah. 53 guys run in the end zone and pose for a picture. That yeah, seems they, like it's taunting. They allow, like, the choreographed touchdown celebrations. Like, the NFL is like, okay, we can do hokey because those are hokey. And the fans, the general fans kind of love those things. I don't know if the diehard, hardcore fans, but they don't care about them because they know everybody's going to watch no matter what, right? Right. I, I, I am curious because the NFL's trying something new. ESPN's trying something new. They're trying the Manning broadcast. And for years, people have said, why don't you try to do some better, more entertaining concepts when it comes to broadcasting a game? You remember Dennis Miller got one year on Monday Night Football and they said it failed miserably. I actually kind of enjoyed it, but maybe maybe it wasn't for me. Are you watching the Mannings and and what they're trying to do? Pre, you know, repackage the way that they're showing Monday Night Football. Yeah, I did. You know, at first, the first game, I'm like, I, I you know, to me, Peyton Manning could be the most unfunny guy I've ever seen in my life. He's not had one good commercial ever. People rave over some like, and then I heard they were like making jokes like the first ten minutes. I go to, I can't even watch that. I'll get so mad. But then they said they stopped, and I've been watching it the last couple of weeks. It obviously, wasn't on last night. I liked it a lot better than the regular broadcast. You didn't like his jokes. I like Brady Manning's jokes. What, what? Which jokes? Tell me where there was <laughs> one ever. Okay, the one Saturday Night Live where he was dotting the kids with the footballs. <laughs> well, all right. Well, Saturday Night Live, made, you know. They got expert writers writing stuff for me. It's a fair deliver point. The line, but those commercials when he's outside of Applebee's and he's yelling at people, come on. But do, terrible. Yeah, do you think they need the, the networks need to change things up? They need to find a different way. I mean, fans are going to consume it no matter what, but they could find more entertainment value in the way that they broadcast these games? I think so. I, I really like the Manning thing. I like, you know, when Peyton and Eli are going, look, this guy up top right here, he's one-on-one. The quarterback should look at him. You know what I mean? There's, there's no safety deep. Like, they were telling us to play before instead of three guys in a booth. Like, last night I was watching a Monday night game, and it was driving me nuts because there's three guys trying to get all their stuff in, you know, within 40 seconds for the next play being called. It's too much. I'm like, just stop. I don't need this much talking. Okay, so I didn't realize you were this big of a football fan, and I should have remembered from the last time you were on Bull and Fox. I, I think it's more of a way where they can just make more money. Like, again, people will watch no matter what, but it's like if I can sell the Manning cast or I can sell anything with you, is there any licensing or anything that they could possibly do where, like, you comment and it turns into, like, a Mystery Science 3000 with, like, football or anything like that, Jim? I would love that. Yeah, you, can, you have to have the rights. You're not allowed to do that. that. I always said, like, I remember when Bill Murray did that thing with the Cubs. He's like, miss it, miss it, miss it. Yeah. When it was a pop-up, that, to yeah. me, that was funny. You know, he was they, always they would never do something like that. Now, it's all licensing and all that stuff. There's no way I could watch a game, have fans watch a game and comment on it at the same time legally. So, no, I think what the Manning brothers are doing is good. I don't, you know, I love how Eli just sits there. Like, he just has this weird look on his face. He's always had it. He's just, 
like this goofy smile, but he, he's smart and he's pretty he's pretty dry. He's funnier than Peyton. I'll give him that. He probably yeah, I think he actually is. I actually agree with you on that. Uh, Jim Florentine with us on the show. Oh, so who's your favorite dolphin ever? Favorite dolphin ever? You've got to go Marino. Marino and then Larry Zonka. My dad. The reason I asked, my dad's a huge Dolphins fan. He actually got me a jersey as a gag, um, which is actually what on my Facebook or on my um, my college radio station. And so he, I, I, you kind of always want them to win because of my dad. All right, if I, I'm going to name you some Dolphins. I want the first name, first words that come to your mind. Okay. Yep. Brian Cox. Animal. Jimmy Johnson. Overrated as a Dolphin coach. Bernie Parmalee. <laughs> Mediocre. Kirby Dardar. Barely played. Wayne Huizinga. I liked him, but he forced Shula out and put Jimmy Johnson in. And looking back, it was the wrong move. Steven Ross. I'm on the fence with him. He'll spend a lot of money, but he's been making bad decisions, and he always keeps coaches one year too long. Mike Tannenbaum. Nice guy. Um, he said he wanted Herbert over Tua if he was the Dolphins GM at the time before they got rid of him, so I'll give him a pass. He might have been right. Final one, Nick Saban. I have no problem with Nick. Every every Dolphin fan hated him. He said, I'm not leaving. If, if the guy doesn't want to coach, goodbye. So I got no problem with Nick Saban. I'm the only Dolphin fan that does. I don't care wow. if they left. Wow. I remember like Jimmy Cephalo was like cussing him out, like almost on the air. When Nick Saban ended up leaving there, Jim. Look, Jimmy Johnson's last year in Miami, he didn't want to coach anymore. He went to the owner, Huizinga, and said, listen, I'm done. And Huizinga's like, please, hire Dave Wanstead. He could be your assistant coach, assistant head coach, and just coach one more year. He wasn't into it, and the Dolphins suffered because of that. So if Saban wanted to go back to college and didn't want to do it, go. I don't want him there. He doesn't want to be there. He did make that decision along with the doctors to take – Dante Culpepper over Drew Brees as a free agent. That didn't work out too well. Mm. I, I want to ask you, we're talking to uh, the great Jim Florentine right now. I, I'm very curious about what the comedy club world is like right now. You have some comics that they don't want anything to do with it. Like, what happened to Jim Norton? Jim Norton's just done. He's just not going to go out into comedy clubs. I don't understand. Some guys are going out, and then some of them were big-time social distancing, and we get it, New York, California, a little bit different state of affairs. What has it been like for you as you've been getting back out there? No, Jim Norton's on tour right now. Is he? I, I think he wasn't even plugging Oh, anything. he's definitely on tour. He started back up in around August. He didn't okay. do a set for like almost 18 months. Holy cow. He was just like, look, when I, I don't feel like it. And then he, he had no dates coming up or anything like that. And then, yeah, he's back on tour now. He took a, it took a lot longer off than most people did. Do you get rusty um, if you go a long time without doing it? What's that? Do you get, like, rusty if you go a long time without doing it? Absolutely, without a doubt. I mean, that five months I was uh, – probably four months I was off from March 2020 to, like, around July I was doing some outdoor shows. I've never gone that long in my career without going on stage. Now, have you been, have you been performing to audiences with masks or without it, or is it just depend on the venue? Without. There's, there's no. not been one show where people were wearing masks okay. during a show that I've okay. Are people ba- is everybody normal now? Are they bar- are they dying for stand up comedy so much that you feel like you could kill just going out there and doing old stuff? Like, what are the crowds like right now? The crowds are great because the people look the people that are offended that are always causing problems on, on on social media, offended about everything. They're not coming into comedy clubs, which is good. I think they realize they they need to stay home because they're babies. They can't take a joke. So the people that are coming out really want to hear comedy. They want it edgy. And they have no problem if you guys go, if you go over the line. Nobody's walking out and complaining, which is great. So, all right. So, when I was a kid, I mean, I, I'm not trying to make you old or anything like this. So, I'm a kid. I was exposed to you first with Crank Yankers and then, like, comedy. comedy Because Lyme and I are – we're five – he's five years older than me, but we're in the same kind of ballpark on – we watch a lot of Comedy Central, a lot of specials and things like that, and really like stand-up comedy. What is your opinion now – of the people who, I guess, you know, they call themselves comedians. 
They do a lot of Twitter and YouTube clips, and they're good in short bursts. And now they're getting like comedy specials. Just say it. The the, the girl who the Sarah girl who did the, the uh, Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Yeah, and then like stuff like that. Where it's like, okay, we're gonna give you a special. It's like, can you fill an hour now <laughs> when you really haven't been a stand up comedian? What's your thoughts? Well, look, those people will have one quick run through every club in the country, and then when they realize they can't deliver on stage in a nightclub, they'll never be back. So there's always these YouTube guys that pop up that do impressions, and then every comedy club wants them, and they go through, and they got like maybe 20 minutes, and they're just up there for the next 40 minutes dying because they don't really know how to perform in front of a live crowd. Have you had to watch that? What's that? Have you had to watch that happen before with somebody? Yeah, I've seen it before, yeah, and especially like the – the opening acts are, are better than the headline. I like these guys that, you know, guys that have been doing it for a while are doing better. So they'll get that one little run and make some money, but they're not, they'll, it's not sustainable at all. So I don't I, care about that. I'm like, whatever. I just always did my own thing. Go do what you know, you want to do your Trump impressions, Greg, it, because nobody else was doing them. Just you. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it, I, I know it, it gets to be a competitive thing and everybody has ego that tries to entertain for even five minutes. But to see the people getting picked up for Netflix specials and to see the ungodly amounts of money that they were throwing at people for Netflix specials, for people that didn't have an act, like that has to, I, I get, maybe you have to shut it out and you can't worry about it, but that would have to drive, that would drive me crazy, Jim. It would drive me absolutely bonkers. Well, look, if you look at, if you look out who to give, it's diverse, it's all about diversity now with, with Netflix. You know, you gotta, it's, 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 that's what it is. That's sort of giving specials out. They're not necessarily the funniest people. So, um, you know, as long as you and Comedy Central has been like that for a long time. And most of the people that used to book Comedy Central comedians are over at Netflix. So they're doing the same thing there. So it never really bothered me. I'm like, that's fine. You know, you got three white males getting, you know, specials a year. You know, Burt Kreiser, Joe Rogan, and probably Segura. That's pretty much it. Maybe one other person. I'm like, I don't fit in there. And that's fine. I'm not jealous over it. I'm gonna. I got a special I just filmed. I'm gonna put it on my YouTube channel for free. I'll get a million views in in three weeks. Mm-hmm. So I, to me, it's you know, look, if Netflix said, "Hey, here's two million dollars to a special," I'd do it in a second. But I get it, you know, and it's fine. I got no problem. It, you know, young people, you know, up and coming comics need that break. I got that break being on the Stern Show back in the day. Well, I was gonna. I, 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 I was gonna ask you because obviously back in the day, the Tonight Show, they were the kingmakers, and it was Howard Stern. Did you ever think in a million years it would become a podcast like Joe Rogan's that if you if you went on Joe Rogan, all of a sudden you could just absolutely blow up. And he basically has cultivated a whole network of people that have have kind of blown up like the, the Tim Dillons of the world and like Segura and all, all the people under him. Burt Kreischer, like you mentioned those guys. Did you ever think it would be something like that? where going on The Tonight Show is not even that big of a deal. And some people like don't even want that kind of exposure. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, Rogan is basically the, the Stern of today and the Carson from back in the day. Absolutely. You know, it, does, it takes a few appearances. You know, when I went on Stern back in the day, it took a few appearances to start building. And then people start knowing who you are and they want to come out and see. And it's the same thing with the Rogan, with Rogan's show. So, no, it's great that that, you know, that that can happen for comics. I heard I, I'm getting a free trial in my car so I could hear Stern. I heard Stern yesterday and he was talking about David Lee Roth. And everybody remembers the failed David Lee Roth experiment with him trying to do radio. And you were really tight with Stern. Can you believe that Stern is still, maybe if it's only three days a week, but can you believe Stern is still doing it and still getting paid insanity, insane amounts of money to be able to do this? Look, he's got the name. You know, that's the thing. He's been around forever and he's just, you know, oh, Howard Stern, you know, and it helps people come over to Sirius and subscribe and keep paying every year for a subscription. So, you know, sometimes you realize, you know, he, it's funny because you, I remember back in like the nineties going, all right, this contract, I'm done. I'm done. This is it. I'm out of here. December. I'm done. I'm going to the TV. I'm going to retire. And meanwhile, he's what's like 68. He's still going, but good for him. Well, isn't it like a Jim, isn't it like something like it becomes addicting? Cause when your job is opinion and you have a lot of people reacting to your opinion, I mean, isn't that hard to walk away from something like that? I mean, it's not like it, it, it's not like you're a butcher. It's not like you're a police officer. When people are listening to you, that does have a lot of power into it. It definitely does. You know, when you got your ego, and you know, and then all of a sudden, no, no one can hear your voice, and and the money he gets, 
I'm sure if they said, listen, uh, you know, we'll give you 60 grand if you do three, three shows a week, 60 grand a year, he'd probably say no, but that money's still nice. When does Jim Florentine retire? I don't know. You know, I always thought that. I'm like, maybe when I get, you know, I don't know, like mid-50s or something like that, I retire. Like, what else am I going to do? But then you realize, like, I just go up and tell jokes on stage, and I can pretty much say what I want. I'm my own boss. I can dress the way I want and say awful things and get paid for it. Why would I want to stop? Will, will we ever see Artie back on stage ever again? Yes. He came out of the rumblings. Yeah. He's going to slowly make a comeback. I heard him do, after Norm MacDonald passed away, he did like a quick 12-minute thing. He put up a quick podcast. And Artie, they, they, they makes it sound like he basically can't go to a comedy club because of the bad things that will happen at a comedy club if they let him converse with any of the fans that are at the comedy mm-hmm. club afterwards. But it, it, he's, he's just, did, did a guy like him, he just has to, he has to be able to do comedy. He has to. He has too many people that want to hear his comedy. Like, I would lose my mind. If I never heard Jim Florentine again, I would lose my mind. I'd be like, we'd have to have Jim Florentine. Right. Fortunately, yeah. you, you don't have the issues that Artie does. Well, maybe you have some of the issues, but you don't have no, all look, of the it, issues. It, I'm lu- you're lucky because you know, you know, there's a lot of temptation out there. I used to tour with Artie, and if Artie didn't come out after the show, people <laughs> would hand me drugs to give to Artie. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so it's like, you know, and there's some, and you know, if you're that tempted and you got a little bag of Coke or whatever, someone hands it to you at a meet and greet, and he's like, oh, I'm going to go back to my hotel. I don't have a show for another 24 hours. There's a lot of temptation out there, so I think that's why. They always say a guy that gets sober, like a rock star or whatever, they need at least a year off the road. They can't go back into that situation. Artie's been off for maybe over two years now, so um, hopefully at some point. But, you know, his fans are, are dicks. I like them, but they're dicks. They bring drugs and make, want them to make a drink and send shots up to the stage when he's sober. You know, so um, I don't know, but I think he's going to make a comeback. And he's, you know, I know he's been sober now for like here, like three years. I'm curious with the the out the outpouring of support that Norm Macdonald got after he passed away. I didn't know that many people loved Norm Macdonald. I knew I obviously I always thought he was funny. I thought he was great on SNL because he didn't belong on SNL. But that's how funny he was that he broke through and they kind of allowed it because they knew it was hitting. Were you surprised at all by just how the Internet went crazy about Norm Macdonald? Because I I don't remember any of these people before he passed away. Apparently he had this this not a faction. He had a a broad consensus of fans that were uh, absolutely loving him. I know a lot of the younger generation, my, my nephew, who's like 28 or 29. Him and his friends loved Norm. Like they would go back to his old stuff, and I guess he was doing some some YouTube show, a sports show for a while, and stuff like that. So they, I didn't know he had that many fans, but he's got so many funny clips out there that once he passed away, I went just passing around. You see how man, I didn't even see half of that stuff. They're amazing. Uh, can I share an opinion with you? And it's going to be, I don't know how you're going to take it. Like, I, I saw the same thing. I noticed the same thing Lima did about Norm MacDonald. And it's like, geez, no one was saying this when he was alive last week. And I wonder if it was like, you know, I mean, you brought up about, like, fearlessness and stuff. Like, the the ESPYs clip where he just went out there and he's like, I'm going to make all these people very uncomfortable. And I don't care. And it's going to be very funny to me. Because at least it was funny to Norm, to people who got Norm McDonald to be funny to them. Do you think it's like kind of a way where now it's like, you know, there's things you want to say, but you know you can't say them. You know you can't be funny the way you used to try to be funny anymore. And so people wanted to share him and be like, all right, this is kind of the way it used to be, and this is kind of how I think, even though I can't think like this publicly. Um, Yeah, it could be something like that. But also with Norm, like Norm's been off the radar for a while, you know, so he's not really out there that much, so – People aren't really talking about him. And then when he passed away, everyone's like, oh, my God, I loved him. Because he doesn't put himself out there. He's kind of like semi-retired. He'd pop up here or there. But, yeah, I, I definitely do think that. And like I said, you know, in, in a comedy club setting, people could say whatever they want. I know Chappelle just put a new Netflix special out. I'm sure he's taking chances on it, too. And, um, you know, it, it's, it feels like in a comedy special, you can get away with it. It's, it's when you do it on social media, people take it the wrong way. You're playing mm-hmm. to a, the wrong crowd. Mm-hmm. 
you know, when you're doing that, people that don't know your comedy are reading that. If someone retweets it, it gets on somebody else's timeline, and then they cause all this crap, you know, so... I don't so even know what your original so question was. It's it. <laughs> Not a hell with it. It wasn't a good question. I don't think he knows either. It, it just, it's amazing that anybody ever reacts to this stuff that, that, that shows with comedians get canceled. I still go back to the SNL. Who is the – they say he's very funny. I still haven't seen him do stand-up. Who did SNL hire and then fire? Uh, just Shane because – Yeah, Shane. People said he is killing. He is hilarious. And maybe that turns out to be the best thing for his career, that he doesn't end up on SNL. Um, but – but I, I can't fathom, like, they finally get somebody to maybe, uh, to, to maybe represent another point of view compared to everybody else. They said people wouldn't even, like, when Morgan Wallen went there in SNL, no one would even talk to him. Like, that's just so bizarre to me that anybody who's in the, the business of funny and entertainment would be that close-minded. I, I can't believe it. Close-minded about what? About, about representing different points of views and humor that, look, everybody's trying something. Everybody's trying. You know, Patrice O'Neill is famous for, for going on Fox News, and he was arguing with that woman way back in the day uh, who, who, who was acting like, you know, so sanctimonious. And he's like, look, the funny and the offensive all come out of the same place. It all has the same intention. Well, that was a, the thing with, with Shane Gillis is, you know, a New York Times uh, writer dug up an old listen went back to his old podcast and heard him doing a chinese voice and said how could you let this white male do a chinese voice and he got fired over it you know so they were you know that guy, that that guy was just gunning for him and i guess they were going to keep him it's like all right so i made a chinese voice on a, on a podcast so now I, I i you know you gave me this job and now you're going to take it away from me it's like it's snl totally friggin you know i can't believe that they catered it and got rid of the guy when they could have just said, hey, man, he's a comedian, he's on a podcast, yeah, he did The Voice, he's obviously going to do it on Saturday Night Live. But they just, you know, caved in and, and fired the guy, which is ridiculous. Well, fortunately, they'd never find that with any of your past antics. Uh, well, they, meanwhile, no voices. You know, you know, they should have hired <laughs> Kyle Dunnigan to do uh, you know, Joe Biden on there. Right, right. Who did Joe, the Biden this week? It was terrible. They got was, a new guy. You know, no, Kyle Dunnigan was on Rogan. He said that they... They, they turned him down. He sent all the stuff in the Saturday Night Live. He auditioned for him. They said no. Because, you know, he actually makes fun of Biden. No, you know, can't Saturday Night Live is no. not allowed to. When Jim Carrey was doing Biden, they had him in, like, sunglasses, like he was some, like, you know, cool conservative yeah. agent. He was yeah. all cool. There's nothing cool about Joe Biden. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> so, but Kyle Dunnigan, like, makes fun of how, you know, what what's going on with Biden. And, he, you know, he can't remember. And he's stuttering and this and that. And he's talking this weird stuff, and they, they don't want that on there. That's no, what you do. You make fun of the president. That's what the show is supposed to be about. I, I do think they went overboard with Trump. I thought, I thought any cold open that they did with Trump, I was almost out. I, and yeah. Bald, Baldwin was good a couple times, and then it became a caricature of the caricature. And I was like, I'm out. I'm out. If they're going to do this every week, I'm out. And they did it every week. Yeah. But they won't go after Biden. Like, Kyle Dunnigan would be a megastar right now if he was on that mm-hmm. first episode doing Biden. But they won't because it makes fun of them. And, they, you know, that, that show leans to the left. So there's no way they're going to show Biden, you know, show Biden in, in a bad light. They're not going to do it. Well, Jim Florentine, he's going to make fun of everybody. Maybe not equally, but he'll make fun of everybody. Uh, Thursday to Sunday, you're in Cuyahoga Falls at the— Thursday to Saturday. Thursday to Saturday at the Funny Stop. Uh, I still have, I haven't seen you there. I've seen you up in Cleveland and you just, you, I know everybody just says you kill you. No, you do. You kill. There's a different noise that the room makes when a, (laughs) when a pro is, you know, like Jim, I did it like five times. I did comedy five times. And if I got light, polite chuckles, I was like, all right. All right, there's something there. He was really good. One, no, I saw him one time. He was really good. But but when an actual comic does it, and there's 300 people in the audience, and people want to laugh, people want to laugh, and they're having drinks and they want to have a good time. I can't fathom what that feels like for you, but you absolutely killed, and you're going to be able to see Jim Florentine this weekend, Cuyahoga Falls. Appreciate you coming on, man. Of course. Now, didn't we get Anthony? Didn't we go to? We went to a Browns game together. I think at some point. Yeah, we did, we did. Uh, we went to. Uh, you would just sit there and you would watch games all day. It was impressive. I don't know if you played yeah, fantasy oh yeah, football I all the time. Yeah, and you were you're cool with the fans. 
Like you had no problem with fans coming up to you, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine, you know, doing what you do and then being standoffish. To fa- like Jerry Seinfeld just seems like someone who would be standoffish. Maybe if I made as much money as he did, I'd be he's the same always, way. He's always been standoffish. He doesn't, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. yeah, he'll just completely blow you off. He's known that. I've <laughs> seen him do that stuff. Yeah, I know. No, of course, you come out, hey, thanks. You know, as long as the guy doesn't friggin', you know, in the middle of the games be talking in my ear. I, like if I'm at a concert. And people call me, hey, how you doing? Good. And then the guy's screaming in my ear as the band's <laughs> playing. I'm like, come on, dude. We're both here to watch a show. Yeah, I can imagine. Or nobody makes you do your bits, though, do they? I won't do them. <laughs> I think I might Has have- anybody <laughs> ever asked you to do their bit, do your bits in front of you? Like, oh, hey, yeah, okay. Yeah, like, oh, I don't know your sense of humor. Go, oh, no, I got a good sense of humor. I go, okay, looks like you got AIDS. So, like, oh, what? I go, <laughs> And they give me this look. I go, you said you had a good, you good sense of humor. That's my sense of humor. I, have you ever done a cor- – the best is when comics talk about the corporate gigs they do oh where they basically get kicked out of the corporate gigs. I imagine, though, someone who books you would not, would not be offended by anything you would say. But I, I guess I could be wrong. No, I, I haven't done any corporate gigs. I, did, I remember I did, like, a high school after graduation prom show. Oh, my God. How old were you? I, no, they hired me to like, you know, they, they would have comedians perform at like prom shows, like a prom kids in New York City would come to like Dangerfields or the comic strip or one of those clubs at like one in the morning after their prom, they book a comedy show it was a thing for a while. I don't know why. And I would do a lot of that. But I did one like at some outdoor event, like outdoor pool. And they hired me to do it. And I shut my mic off after like three minutes. <laughs> I that is good. Well, they- unplugged it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I promise they will not unplug Jim Florentine at the Funny Stop uh, Thursday to Saturday. Jim, we got to do it again. Thanks, man. Uh, Enjoy the uh, relaxing, conversational. We didn't set you up for any bits. I I hate when the shows do that, so we would never do that to you, but I appreciate you coming on. Uh, Can I just apologize to you because I don't know when the next time I'm going to talk to you, Jim? Um, (laughs) I I, 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 want to say I'm sorry. I I swear to God I'm actually so well-trained to set – comedians up for bits even though i'm trying to not set comedians up for bits i thought there would be bits and i i was i was an ass by by accident i didn't ask the right type of questions i'll do better next time no you asked you were fine i mean we're just talking you know like i just kept expecting you to go into like oh yeah and then that like and it's like no he's not going to do that we're asking him questions he's going to answer the questions because we're talking about talking to jim florentine about jim florentine and i just did not realize it because usually i'm not trying to set up anybody for a damn bit and usually the goddamn guy will just go into a bit anyway and you never did that and i'm sorry i feel like i did you wrong it was perfect i just want to talk some football stuff like that it's you know look one more one more thing before i go i i was wrong on jarvis landry i had him in miami he was a drama queen he was great i said he's going to cause nothing but problems when he goes to cleveland he's going to Cleveland's going to be terrible. He's going to be bitching his way out of there. He's been well-behaved there. I take that back. He's been amazing, amazing. here. He has been a leader here. <laughs> I loved him in Miami, but, you know, Adam Gase couldn't get along with him, so I got rid of him. But I loved him because he was an animal. He's always on the field. I know he's out for a couple of weeks or whatever, you guys. But, oh, and, you know, he's an alpha male, and you need them on your team. We love you, Jim. Thanks, man. You're going to have a lot of All fans right. coming out this weekend. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks. All right, there he is, Jim Florentine. I and totally messed we'll that up. we'll be playing that on the air tomorrow. I totally messed that up. I'm <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I want to cuss so bad. I can't believe I did that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really am. Like, I thought, like, I'm like, who's your favorite dolphin? da 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 and I, I, I always go out of my way like I'm not setting this guy up for bits. We're not doing bits. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. And they usually just launch into bits anyway. Like we had Frank Caliendo on. No offense to Frank Caliendo. He knows that people want to hear that. Oh, so he and goes he doesn't wait. It. He doesn't wait for he you to set wait. him up. He just goes. And like we had, we had a, we've just had a couple of other guys and they just launch into it because they know that's what people want to hear. Do you remember the Sklar brothers? Were you with me the day the Sklar brothers came in? And that was a dream of a lifetime. No, I, I was not with them. Okay. I was not with you. I love the Sklar brothers. They were outside. Oh, my God. They were stone-faced, not talking. They weren't they, – I think it was just morning for them. They were probably up late the night before. And I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be bad. And the minute they walked in studio, 
it was like waving that hand in front of their face like, you're on, showtime. Yep. And the two of them, 100 miles an hour. And then the minute the segment ended, and they were hilarious, the minute the segment, all right, guys, thanks. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks. Really? Like they were miserable again. Oh, my God. So it was a total act. But all these guys, that is what they do. Remember Rob Schneider? And he brought that T in. Oh, my God, was that rough. Yeah. And we played this. He played his daughter's hit song at the time. Yeah, he did. And I, I, we wondered if he was going to be like creeped out by it. Uh, and then I think he was thinking, "This is how I'm going to get rich again. I'm going to go like Miley Cyrus and Billy Ray. Rich, I'm going to get rich again. That's the way it works. I'm, I'm Rob. I'm Rob Schneider. I was in. Uh, I was in still Beverly in the, Hillbillies. Who's still in the Adam Sandler movie? Like Adam, every movie he's still in it. So he must. That's part of the reason I like Adam Sandler because he has his guys yeah. and he takes care of his guys. He does. You can tell those guys have been his friends since he was a nobody. Yep. That I'm. T- I have done a 180 on Adam Sandler. There's there's certain opinions on on life, society, whatever it is that I'm very regretful of and one of them is adam sandler <laughs> i'm like that he still got it like i saw i hated the end of uncut gems that guy still got it that movie is great like that movie is non-stop really 90 minutes there's two scenes where there's like a slow part in it at all the rest is madness and chaos and you realize that's what he's trying to show you he's trying to show you just how chaotic this guy's life is and everything is there and it's like, oh my God, he still got it. He just he wants to have yeah. fun. Somebody's going to pay him money, and he has fun. He was great in that Apatow movie too. Com- um, not comedian. What was it called? Funny, funny. People. Oh, I hated that. Funny movie. people. I really, hated I really that movie. It. I really, I liked hated it. it. I'm sorry. I God bless it. I hope. Oh, you know what? Oh, We're brought that, to you by Extend yeah. Technologies. XTNDAV.com. Oh, sorry. Florentine has a story about that one Cleveland DJ that. Uh, that almost killed himself. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.